Hello and welcome to the final edition of the Tapping Cup. Um, I didn't think I'd, I'd be actually sad to see the tournament go in, but with that ridiculous game this weekend, yesterday it was, I'm actually quite sad about it going. But uh, we'll, we'll come on to it. Obviously, we've got a few games to cover first. Uh, we'll run through them very, very quickly before I get into what I think most have, have described as probably the best World Cup final ever. Um, very, very quickly then. So we had the two semi-finals that we haven't covered yet. Um, obviously, in those semi-finals, we know we ended up winning, but we had France and Morocco, and we had Argentina and Croatia. Um, any specific order you want to cover them? Let's go France Morocco first, just because it was at the. Uh, I thought Morocco were unlucky in a lot of ways. I thought they played, considering their rather conservative game and playing on the counter attack, they played a little bit more expansive football than we were probably expecting them to. Um, but unlucky. Uh, in terms of had a few chances, that uh, amazing overhead kick that was either hit the post, great save from Loris, you know, not ever really probably going in, always hitting the post anyway. Um, I thought they they just, the quality kind of, they just, the luck ran out a bit, didn't it, to be fair to them. And the ultimately um, quality told for the uh, for the French, I thought. Yeah, and I mean, they scored fairly early, didn't they? I think it was fifth minute. Um, so they, they, it's not a very... Good way to start a, a semi-final is it when you you get there finally and you think right all the uh, countries behind us and we'll finally get into France and we'll try and cause an upset and then you concede within five minutes. Um, I thought it were a fairly easy goal as well and I thought at that point it might be that France have finally turned up because for me anyway they certainly didn't turn up against England. I thought they'd finally turned up and might put on a bit of a show but it wasn't really that way were it? it I think Morocco showed themselves to be quite a good team and they showed themselves that they deserve to be in the semi-finals but ultimately I think quality just tells on it and when you've got like Mouane who I think has had a fantastic tournament coming off the bench and um what it 44 seconds after coming on he scores the, the second to, to sort of put it to bed but second quickest goal ever I think from a substitute uh in the world cup in that I think I read uh, said in commentary that someone had done it fuck knows when it was years ago like fucking 70s or something like that someone had done it in 16 seconds but I'm, I'll, I'll be honest with you again not just to be the argument if can I am did he have a good tournament or did he just have a good final semi and final which undoubtedly he made a difference in the final as well which we'll discuss but I thought he'd been a bit anonymous he hadn't really had many minutes I don't think beforehand but yeah looks it looks a player and um, I'm sure again in terms of we've talked about people like Gakpo who have just increased their reputation and value um Frankfurt will be under no pressure to sell him, but yeah, looks a real decent player, and obviously he's only a, a young kid as well. So, um, but yeah, you, you're right, quality told in the end, and sadly the, the French just, uh, I wouldn't say overwhelmed them, but just did enough when they got that goal as well. Relatively good game management, being honest with you, from there, apart from a couple of scares, they didn't ever really look in too much trouble, I didn't think. No, um, the biggest moment for me in the game, to be honest, and obviously it didn't matter in the end, but was the tackle on Mbappe. Uh, that genuinely what is one tackle. of the greatest tackles I've ever seen, certainly at a World Cup. Caught him up, and again, this, we're talking about Mbappe, who is like lightning, kept up with him, caught up with him, I think, in fact, sliding in the box, risking a pen, magical from Amrabat, magical that was. Yeah, really, really good uh, to see that. And it's one of those things that gets underrated, but I, I do love uh, a, a good tackle. But uh, yeah, so the other semi-final, we had Argentina-Croatia. And to be honest, only really one side in it for me. I don't think that Croatia really looked 
like they turned up, um, which is a bit disappointing because Croatia are normally quite solid. But again, in the end, I think quality told. And Alvarez, I think, has had a good tournament and obviously getting a, a couple more in this game. I thought he was is very, very good. Got fucking lucky, didn't he? One of the yeah. goals was that one where like the luck on that was just not only to get through to then the bounce as well as the coming back. Was it off the keeper or off the defender? I can't, I can't remember, but there was a, a huge element of luck on one of his goals. But um, ironically, it's probably the worst game Croatia played in the tournament as well when they needed it the most. Um, I think the legs told a little bit. Obviously, they'd been through uh, a couple, I think both matches before that, they'd gone to penalties, hadn't they? I felt that they just ran out of steam a little bit. People, even Modric, again, pulling the strings a little bit. But I just thought, I mean, they lack a, quality, a cutting edge. Um, obviously, the last time you, you put me on the spot and we couldn't remember his fucking name. But a few year, four years ago when they were there, they had Mandzukic to, to head it up and look general quality up front. I just thought they lacked a, a general cutting edge, um, really. The rest of the team, very, very solid at the back. Um, Guardiol. Again, my pronunciation, the uh, the young kid from Leipzig, the centre-back, very good game uh, again. Um, but yeah, ultimately, very similar to the other match we just said, quality told in Argentina, um, did enough to, to get through. Well, he'll he'll end up going somewhere big very, very shortly, I think. Um, I know there's rumours that Chelsea are in the process of essentially tapping him up, uh, no pun intended. But um, I, I can see him getting a very big move. So he, he looked quality all the way through and Leeds missing out on him as they always seem to do these days with these players seems to be one of the uh, the biggest slip-ups of the last few years as you were telling me at the gym this evening uh you know the only thing I would say about him he seems rather um Jude Bellingham-esque in when we talk about maturity and an old head on young shoulders uh I didn't know this you told me that the reason he turned down Leeds was that he said he wasn't ready to play in the Premier League at that age that again, when in the days where people would just grab money and take any deal they can, that seems a very sensible and mature decision. So he obviously seems uh, not only a, a fucking decent player and a really good prospect at centre-back, but um, very astute and with a wise head or at least wise advisors giving him information as well. But um, Yeah, there were one more moment in this game. It's a little bit like the irrelevant, ultimately, tackle um, in Morocco and France. The same... <coughs> That um, is it, Livakovic? Uh, yeah, that the save that he did to deny McAllister um, in first half was absolutely unbelievable. I mean, he had a right tournament. Um, we'll, we'll come on to discuss him maybe in due course, but um, given his penalty saves as well as that, I mean, how he's still at uh, Dynamo Zagreb, I don't know, and I'm sure this will be the platform for him to get a big move. Um, I'm just trying to think, though. The only thing I would say, I'm not entirely sure. I can't think off entirely the top of my head any really decent teams that are in desperate need of a keeper. Um, the one that would spring to mind, if I was honest, would be someone like Spurs, maybe looking for a replacement for Loris, given his age. Um, but equally, uh, Croatians, they seem to have... I, it wouldn't surprise me him going somewhere in Spain, but um, he deserves to go somewhere where he's going to be first choice and not sit on the bench. You know, I know, I definitely know Atletico have been linked with him in the past, but Atletico have obviously got, um, uh, what's the Slovenian guy called? I can't remember his name. He's quality, um, you know what I'm talking about. I do. Atletico's keeper. And ironically, Atletico's second choice keeper is also Croatian, Gerbic. Um, so I don't, he, he's been linked with Atletico before. I don't see them needing him, but um, 
I'd be shocked if January or the summer he doesn't get a move to a to a big team. Jan or Black, or Black, great yeah. shout. That's the one. Um, could you see him uh, again without going into, off into another tangent here? Could you see him at Man U? Well, ironically, I read on the BBC as I usually do first thing in the morning that the scum are considering letting uh, De Gea go on a free, which he's definitely not hit the heights that he has. When he, you know, I think three out of four years in a row, he was player of the season for them. It's probably going back two or three years now. He definitely seems to have dropped off. I mean, he's not even Spain's number one anymore. He didn't even go, I don't think, did he, to the World no. Cup? Um, so, um, but I've got, I mean, he's had a good World Cup. He's looked well, but De Gea on his day is, is still one of the, the top five keepers in the world for me. But um, I'd be interested to see, as you say, it's Spurs to me, it's that type of, you know, they need, I mean, Lloris, I think 35, 36, coming to the end of his career. They've got their backup is Ben Foster, which we discussed in another episode, but, you know, very old, uh, nice sort of steady number two to have, but not, um, you know, he's not number one material. So that would be, if I had to choose off the top of my head of a, of a pretty decent team that's in need of a, you know, in short term, it's going to need a decent keeper. And I think he's about 27, 28. It's 27, so yeah. In terms of a keeper, he's going to have, you know, potentially got five, six years left in him as well. So if I had to just off, say randomly without really giving it a great deal of thought, Spurs would be a shout um, for me. Um, as I say, I think where he goes, he would want to be number one. So, you know, unless you say maybe, maybe the scum, if De Gea goes, um, I mean, you look at, he's not going to City, he's not going to go to Liverpool. I don't think he's better personally than, than Edison or Allison. Um, Arsenal, um, you know, I think seem to have that blueprint of youth and with, you know, the English sort of trying to spy and build with, with Ramsdale. So I'm not sure he'd, he'd go there. Um, but um, Spain, I'm not entirely sure about that. You know, Real, pretty well off for, for, for goalies and the, the young um, Ukrainian they've got in it, is it Zunin, um, is very highly rated, uh, then the number two there. Um, but he deserves a big move, definitely. Well, the Spurs situation terrifies me anyway because I'm absolutely certain that they're coming after Melia in a few years' time um, because, obviously, a young French keeper coming through, breaking through, and as you say, they don't really have anyone that can carry the torch for a, a long period of time. And if they go for someone... It's different with keepers, isn't it? Because 27... If you go and buy a 27-year-old goalkeeper, like you say, you're still going to get at least five years out of them. It's not a matter of... Potentially oh, 10. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's not a matter of you hit around your 30s and then you're on a decline. It's going to be there till probably 35-ish, um, as majority of keepers are. But yeah, I think it'll end up being Melier, unfortunately. But we digress. Didn't think with Barca before, any Melier. Um, it's just been linked with everyone because he's of... world-class, best keeper in the world. Best young keeper in the world. World class seems a little strong at the moment, given my, I've, I've called him out for clangers before. I like him, very good for his, was he 21? Yeah. So definitely got potential, but um, I think if I'm being brutally honest, I think it's far too early for him to be looking at a move to a team of, you know, a Barca stature, something like that. I, I, I couldn't see that for a few years. And that's good for Leeds because Leeds can keep him for, for a few more years. And again, in that just repeating what you said in terms of keepers and coming into their own later in their career you can keep him till he's 23 24 and then you can get a 30 40 50 million pound price uh on him you know um, i'd rather just not good. i'd rather we just kept him and then ended up getting something 
in terms of progression in the club. But again, another tangent. Um, so we've got the unlike uh, us. Yeah, I'm going to say yeah. We can't even stick to a, a simple, a normal sort of subject now, even though there's only a few things we could talk about. Um, we'll go through the third place game. I have my own opinion on third place games, which again, we won't go too much into. I just think they're a complete waste of time. I have no interest in playing for a third place medal. Or did you get a trophy? I think someone in, in pub said that you get a trophy for winning these now, which, why would I want a bronze trophy? I mean, the only thing I would say, I this is one where we have uh, off air had discussions. I kind of disagree. I get the point. It, it's the fucking booby prize that no one wants. But if you look at my blueprint, if you like, for it, the Olympics, you don't just have a gold and a silver, you have a bronze. So I, I, I think if you were in that game, you'd feel slightly underwhelmed. But I think for a team like Morocco, now, obviously, they lost, so they came fourth. But for them, a team that's not usually hitting those kind of heights, I don't think it's a bad thing. And it's just another game, isn't it? Let's be honest. And again, it's a game on Saturday, given that, uh, you know, final was Sunday. Um, had a nice afternoon watching that. So it's an extra game. I'm not going to complain. And I, I, I totally get what you point you, from the sporting view. It feels like a massive letdown. Does anyone really care? Um, but. I think you've got to have things to say. If you look at the gold, silver, bronze in terms of Olympic medals and, 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 you know, other competitions where you have a third place, then it feels to me that it's still got a place in the World Cup. Man of the match was uh, Gardevoir, wasn't it? Um... Believe it was. I mean, after a good game, obviously good start. I think, was it two goals in a uh, space of like 90 seconds within the first 10 minutes? Yeah. Um, again, very spirited performance from Morocco. I thought, again, that they have only done himself no harm at all with the way that they performed, even if they, they ultimately le- left out. A couple of really good chances. I mean, right at the end, that Al Nasri had a, a header. And considering the blinding header he scored in the, the round before, um, should have put it away. And that was literally, I think, 10 seconds from the end. 96 so, um, minutes on it, yeah. Yeah, they, they, um, as you say, it wasn't a bad game. And again, looking back, when we talk about sort of legends and things, I think it was not Modric still going at 37. I mean, absolutely outstanding player. What he's done um, over the course of his career, 10 years, I think it is, maybe 11 years at Real, was fucking, again, probably you less so, but I can still remember it at Spurs and he was quality at Spurs as well. But um, not about, you know, I think, that, is that two third places in a row for Croatia? Did they not come third uh, the year in 2018 as well? Um, the World Cup? Yeah. No, second. Beat us in second. Seven. True. Good shout. All right. Yeah. But, 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 do you know what I mean? That's, that's, that's for a team of that size, uh, or a country, sorry, of that size, that's, you know, that's fucking impressive uh, in the second place and the third place. Um, I think the last time before that they did anything was the fabulous team they had in 98. I think they got third then. Davos, Suka, Boban. Um, I, I, I really did. Man for man, but by far a better team. That I mean, we've talked about it before. Golden generations. That was Croatia's golden generation, 98. I do feel as though this is a, a bit of a... Not necessarily passing to the torch because of the the different positions etc. But it seems like um, and I'll be honest, we're going to have to learn how to say his name properly because he's going to be all over uh, news in in a few months' time. I'm sure. Um, is it Vard Gardevoir? Gardevoir. Gardevoir. There's a random V just stuck it. in there, and yeah, he, I think he's going to be the next breakout star for uh, Croatia. Obviously, not in the same way that Modric is in in the sense that he's not going to get loads of assists, he's not going to get loads of goals. Although ironically, he did score in this game, but he's going to be the next big star, I think. 
interestingly, and again, back to my point, it's very unlike me to disagree with you or just be argue for argue's sake. I, I would agree with you. My view was this is a aging Croatian team and, you know, that passing of the guard. I heard this. I can't profess this is my own stat. I heard it in commentary. There was only eight members of the 26 were in the 2018 squad. So actually, there's quite a lot of youth in that team, or at least not necessarily youth, but at least different players from uh, the 2018 World Cup, which I actually found quite surprising and interesting. So, um, but yeah, I mean, God of old, I think he's 20. I mean, looks out, out, outstanding prospect. Yeah, and God knows how much he's worth. But um, yeah, let's move on to the main event then, because I know you don't to talk about it. And I said to you, didn't I, that I wasn't going to watch it. I was going to sulk and... Obviously, I ended up watching it. And to be honest, I'm quite glad I did because what a game. And we always go back. We both like our opportunities to be smug and call it. And when we have our little moments of mysticism, did I or did I not text you about 10 minutes before the game saying, you better be fucking watching this game, lad. I've got a feeling this is going to be a fucking game that people will say, where were you when that game happened? And I, I thought that was written in the stars for Messi. That was the, again, I've watched every World Cup final as far as I can remember, back to 94, probably. And that was the, I mean, it's one of the best games of football, full stop, I've seen, let alone for a World Cup final. That was a fucking ding-dong of a match. It was unbelievable. It was genuinely unbelievable. Had everything, didn't it? Yeah. Everything you could ask for in a game of football in terms of drama. Yeah, maybe about (laughs) cards. It was a little bit lack on cards, a bit didn't have that nasty edge of the... uh, Argentina, Holland, but um, you know, we. I, 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 I've ne- never thought I would say I would support Argentina, but I wasn't supporting Argentina. I was supporting Messi, and I wanted to see see him win it to finally put this bullshit to bed. That oh, he's not the greatest. Ronaldo is better. All this bullshit. Now it can't be any doubt. That can't. If if you think Ronaldo is better than Messi, you are a fucking idiot. And you do not know anything about football, in my opinion. <laughs> I'm going to say, <laughs> went very, very strong. And then at the end, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I just do it generally. But when I see people say, oh, he's still not as good. What fucking planet are you talking about? He's won everything. For a start, Ronaldo hasn't won a World Cup. Not that that makes him a better player. But the stats, just everything, as you say, hopefully now that's put to bed. There can't be any doubt for me, the number one of all time, Done and dusted. I was going to say, I don't necessarily think, well, obviously it's my opinion, but this win, so this tournament win, doesn't affect my opinion of, of Lionel Messi. He already was the best of all time for me. He is a completely and utterly unique sensation, the likes of which you'll never see again. Obviously, we're going to go into it, but we'll talk about the fact that Mbappe is probably you know heir to the throne, so to speak, potentially Haaland. But for me, I think you're going to be hard-pressed to ever see a talent like this again. The way that he plays football and the way he has played football for two decades now has been scintillating. And even at this age, even when people have written him off and even when it looked as though you know, it's never going to happen for him, he's once again turned up and quite rightly won the golden ball as well for me. I thought it was absolutely outstanding all tournament. Yes, he's got a lot of penalties and... Obviously, people have their own opinions on that. But in the biggest games, your best players turn up and he turned up again. I mean, outstanding. Just as you say, he 
it started and it looked like it was up, up completely written in the stars in terms of they cruise into a 2 0. France were woeful, absolutely woeful. Didn't even have a shot on target until the 80th minute. Bappe scores the penalty, steps up in the same way that Messi did with his penalty. It was never going to miss, you know, that, that kind of quality. I think keeper got a hand to it, didn't he? But couldn't stop it going in. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I mean, that was the awesome. I mean, the, the team goal from Argentina for the second goal was one of the best team goals I've ever seen. Just the, the, the general one touch, the play, the awareness all the way round. But that finish from Mbappe to bring it back to two all when he's not had a sniff all game was absolutely magic. Peter Crouch-esque. I, ironically, you say that. Obviously, I, I blame you for this. You've got me into social media. Did you see Peter Crouch's tweet? I did indeed, yeah. So uh, that, that did crap me up. So he was, everyone was talking about Messi and he put something like, I think his exact words were, I was doing this shit in 2006. <laughs> and I was like, do you know what, Crouch, you lanky fuck? Good for you, mate. That was funny because, uh, you know, that, he's always been relatively witty for a lanky, googly, ugly motherfucker, hasn't he? But um, yeah, I, I thought that was uh, that was good. Little stat for you here. I mean, check this out. 1,002 professional games, Messi. 793 goals for a man that played most of his career as a winger with 350 assists. What? Pretty shit, that, isn't it? Preposterous, mate. (laughs) Preposterous. I mean, it's nearly a goal a game in terms of his goals alone. But when you add the assists in, that's over a goal contribution every game. Literally unheard of. And you get the only player officially with more stats in terms of goals is that twat Ronaldo, but he has, um, he played, uh, Messi has played 143 games less and has 116 more assists to his name. Yeah, we were looking at his his stats um, the other day, I think, actually, funnily enough, I think even before semi-final, we were looking at his ridiculous seasons in which, so the the one where he had a a 91-goal calendar year, which is unbelievable and I don't think will ever happen again. I think he scored 73 times in about 60 games, were it, for Barca in that season? I've I've got him up now. My my Googling is getting as quick as yours. So (laughs) if we have a quick run from 2009 to 10, 47 goals in 53 games. Next year, 53 goals in 55 games. The next year is the one you just said, 73 goals in 60 games. Year after that, 60 goals in 50 games. Year after that, 41 in 46. Then 58 in 57. 41 in 49. 54 in 52. 45 in 54. 51 in 50. Look at that in a in a row for a winger. That's what he was playing then. He hadn't even really moved to being a forward. That is in fucking sane. And Wikipedia doesn't even give you his assists as well. That's just goals. Well, that, that as we said, he will go down in history as, for me anyway, unless something changes in the next 10 years, of course, or the next decade, um, the greatest of all time. I, I honestly don't think that anyone is better than him. I know we, there's the Messi-Ronaldo debate will rage on, and if people still think Ronaldo's better, then they're entitled to opinion. I disagree with it strongly. There's also the, is he better than Maradona? Is he better than Pelé? I, I'd argue, yeah. I, I think I honestly think he is the greatest footballer of all time. 
It has to be on those numbers. Maradona, as much as an influence, as you said, a cultural icon, particularly when he was smashing coke and hanging out with the mafia. You've got to love that shit anyway. The, I've looked, you know, some of the, the stories about Maradona, how good he was given the lifestyle he was leading as well, whereas Messi is a true athlete and true professional, make it kind of underrated. But he never put up numbers like that. Never. And I don't think we'll ever see a player like him. I've got to say it to be smugger. I was telling you the other day, I went with my, my boys from home on our 30th birthdays. We went to Barcelona. Uh, we queued up for four hours, which is probably the longest queue I've ever done to get tickets. Uh, and what a privilege for me. We saw uh, Barcelona beat Valencia at the new Camp 5-1. Messi scored four. Like For me to be able to say when I die... I saw Messi live, given those stats, is a complete privilege. And he was, especially in one of his, you know, most famous games as well, uh, in terms of what he did, uh, just incredibly lucky and completely jammy that that turned out to be the case. But um, undoubtedly for me, not even, he's a clear head and shoulders above your Pelés, your Maradonas and Ronaldo's even below them too for me. Yeah, I don't disagree. And I think him holding the World Cup will become one of these... You know, I think what we saw is that it's become the most liked uh, photograph on Instagram of any professional athlete ever uh, already. And I think it'll become one of these photos that is seen for years to come. A bit like the Maradona photo um, and the, the photo that um, we pedal out as Englishmen. And then there's a Pele photo and all those sort of photos will obviously forever be talked about. And I think Messi's will be above them all. Well, I mean, there was a crazy like, uh, bit of an interview, I think. This was before the game with Deschamps. And Deschamps actually said, as far as I understand it, some French people are supporting Argentina because they want Messi to win it. And as you say, to me, not a massive Argentina fan. Uh, I think I sent you what one of my mates has te- te- uh, texted me, which probably isn't the most politically correct thing to say. But it was a tweet from someone that said, choosing between Argentina and France is like choosing your favourite paedophile. I mean, no one in England wants to support either of those teams, given the history and the fact England, you know, the wars with Argentina, the Falklands, the fact that they've beaten us before, Maradona in particular in the hand of God, and the fact that France knocked us out. But I was supporting Messi 100%, not Argentina. I don't know how many times we have these conversations. For some reason, it always ends up coming back to war with you. (laughs) Everything that you have is just some sort of war behind it, whether it's Germany, whether it's Falklands, whether it's somewhere else. Life's a war, mate. It's a series of mini wars and you have to prepare yourself for war. But um, yeah, I, I was up 100% supporting Messi uh, and I'm, I was over the moon. I'm glad that ultimately he prevailed. And just a final point as well. What an, in that kind of pressure environment, I cannot imagine the pressure in that World Cup final. That penalty was fucking ice cold. Yeah. And insane. You had all that happening. You had, you know, all obviously as a side note, Mbappe getting a hat trick, which was the first person to get a hat trick in a World Cup since uh, Jeff Hurst, and obviously the only person to get a hat trick in a World Cup final um, and go on and lose the final, which can't imagine how poor that feels. That's a, a shame for him, isn't it? Considering he was laughing his head off at Harry Kane missing that penalty. But um, yeah, I, I still think. I mean, his face. Uh, when they collected the golden boot and standing next <laughs> to three Argentina players that got that, which we will come on to in terms of those awards, which seemed a little bit sketchy, if I'm being honest with you. Um, but his face just looking completely gutted, even though he's won 
the golden boot was one that, again, given how much he celebrated when Kane missed, fuck you. I was uh, I was having a little laugh to myself on that. Yeah, and there's something poetic about them losing, ironically, on penalties, um, considering the whole thing that happened with Harry Kane. But yeah, it, it's one of those things that, as you say, I didn't necessarily want Argentina to win, but I wanted Messi to win. And obviously those both go hand in hand. And I, I think football is the victor uh, is the victor there in, in everything that's happened because a lot of things like this happen and a lot of these stories just have these poor endings and you think, oh, what if? And, and what if that could have happened? And I think football gets its, and certainly Messi gets its perfect happy ending there. Yeah, and I think that you'd be very, very few people, probably only French, hardcore French fans that would disagree with what we're saying. I'm pretty sure everyone really wanted Messi to complete the set in terms of medals, do that, go out. And I mean, again, it, it sounds a bit sad, but his face, man, it was like a schoolboy, wasn't he? To see yeah. that smile on someone who's done what he's done in his career, he was like a schoolboy. And um, it was it was, it was, was fucking, got me a bit emotional, to be honest with you, because I, I wanted him to win the, the seesaw aspect of the match where you're like, they've got it, they've fucking thrown away a two-goal lead again, like they did against Holland, but to ultimately prevail like that and, and the justice to be done, that to give him what he deserved and set that, that career. I mean, we both said the irony, I think the news has come out today, he's going to carry on. He should have retired for me. That's yeah. it, done and dusted in terms of our, in, our retire from, from international duty. I've done it all. I've done the set. I did the Copper America last year, done the World Cup this year, go out on the high, you know, like a boxer, finish undefeated, you know, an Andre Ward type. Look, I'm going out. I'm not going to watch the decline, uh, you know, and start losing to some up and coming people. But apparently he has said he's going to carry on. So um, fair play to him. Yeah, I would have retired. I think, to be honest, the year that he's had and obviously the, the Copper America as well and the way that everything has gone on, I would have retired. The only thing that I think, and it's a very minor gripe, don't get me wrong, what the fuck did they put on him? What were that weird Harry Potter-style cloak that they made him wear while lifting up the trophy? It's, it's going to be one of the most iconic photos of all time. And then there's just some weird shawl or something that they'll put on him. And what I, I, I'm guessing it's some Qatarian fucking local custom we wear or something. But why just him as well? Like, I know he's a captain. I know he's the one that's going to lift it. It seemed, it did, yeah, very bizarre. It's a moment but, um, stealer, and it? It's one of those things where because they know that this is going to be seen forever, they had to make sure that Messi were wearing this. Not every player, they couldn't care less about every player. Messi being the greatest of all time has to have worn that costume while holding it up. Costume is probably a bit disrespectful, but I still don't know where it is. And wasn't, wasn't it lovely when he's there and he's got his kids in the show? I'm going to sound incredibly fucking arse here because I said this to my missus when we were watching it and I've been waiting for him to list the trophy. Um, he's got, I think he had three boys there. One of his boys was a fat fuck and he ain't going to be fucking emulating his dad, is he? So uh, I sat there saying to him, he ain't going to be no professional footballer. She's like, don't be so harsh, maybe it's a bit of puppy fat. I was like, yeah, whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, even, even if they go on to have stellar careers, how do you compete when your dad's the greatest ever? It's not going to happen, is it? Well, you don't need to, do you? You don't really need a career anymore considering the amount of money that he'll have. Just sit on your ass all day. But yeah, um, I know you wanted to talk about the awards then. So Yeah, so I had a question you for you in terms of, I thought that that seemed highly suspicious to me that uh, the three, obviously Golden Boot is, uh, you know, it's, it's not subjective. Most goals, and Beppe had it, it there's no uh, subjectiveness there. 
I thought it seemed very strange that the other three awards all went to Argentinians who happened to be in the final. And what about other people? And if they, if it was given to someone else, how do they do that? Because they wouldn't have been in the photo. But as to flip it round, I mean, I've got, I've got my suggestions here. And if you wanted to, if you need a little bit of time to think, but I was going to say, undoubtedly in terms of, um, sorry, it's not Golden Boot. What's the best player called? Uh, golden, golden Ball. Something else. Golden Ball. Undoubtedly Messi. Had yeah. to be. Not even any dispute for me. Him or Mbappe, wasn't it? It had golden to be one glove. Um, Absolutely. Go- um, golden Glove. I've got to say, we talked about him earlier, and this is where the tenuous link was. I'd give it to Likovic. I, I don't think Martinez. All right, yes, he did very well in the penalty shootout in terms of saving. But I thought Likovic, in terms of the save he made, the two penalty shootouts where he made, uh, I think, five or six saves across the two games, I thought it had to be Likovic. Uh, what, we, what, we, what would you have said in terms I, of the Golden Glove? Yeah, I can't really disagree with that. It's got to be either Martinez for his, obviously, final heroics, or... Likovic. Um, there really isn't any other standout keepers. I, I couldn't tell you one standout keeper. I mean, technically, obviously, um, Pickford got a number of clean sheets, but that, for whatever reason, isn't taken into account by the sounds of it. It's all to do with the standout performances. And there really isn't any other goalkeepers that spring to mind that I, I would think, you know what? Yeah, he, he definitely stood out other than the two that we've mentioned there. Agreed. And I mean, again, you can see it with Martinez in some ways. I, I, you couldn't say 100% that's a, that's a robbery. I'll be honest, the one that I did think was a shocker was young player going to uh, Endo, Enzo Fernandez, who looks a player. Don't get me wrong, I'm delighted Liverpool being linked with him, not for 103 million euros. Fuck that. But he, that was, the World Cup final was the only game he started in the World Cup. Every other game he came on a sub, he did make a contribution, but that for me was the most suspect and not to hark back to what we've already said, the obvious one for me had to be Guadalajara and Bellingham, I thought personally, would have been above Enzo Fernandez as well. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Um, I think you've called that spot on. It, it had to be him, really, uh, I think considering the fact that he looked outstanding all the way through and considering the fact that I mean, obviously, that's the parameters of this award, but he's only 20 and he, he seems to be a very, very mature young man. I think that that wouldn't have been um, by any... If anyway, basically, if he'd have been awarded that, I don't think you'd get many people complaining. I think the other people that were possibly in the contention, obviously, uh, Ramos for Portugal, um, didn't really do too much, but obviously, in the, the short time that he did come on and, and get that hat-trick, he, he looked like a potential talent. Saka, I think you could argue, but nowhere near obviously the level of the others that we mentioned, but Saka I think had a good tournament. Tuchimene, I thought had a good tournament. Um trying to think of anyone else. Venetia's yeah, junior. I mean anyone I'd say that the biggest one I'd have an issue with there would be Ramos because that was just one game. Alright, second young yeah, young second youngest uh hat trick ever, but one game for me in a couple of substitute appearances, you need more than that. Bellingham, as you say, deserved it more, but Guadalajara, by, by far for me, was the standout young player. Uh, I mean, Enzo Fernandez, whilst he looked pretty decent and he definitely made contributions in the games that he came on, like he'd be lucky to make top five, if I'm honest with you. Yeah. Um, uh, no, in fact, no. Saka, Saka's a good shot as well. I'm going to disagree with you just because you keep disagreeing with me. Um, I don't really actually have anything to disagree with you about, but you, you just seem to keep 
picking at everything I say and, and going against me. But no, I thought I honestly thought Fernandez top five definitely. I thought Fernandez had a, a good tournament, and that's why he's been talked about with these um, big money moves potentially to yourself or to, to Liverpool. And uh, I'm sure that you won't be the last team that are interested in. I'm sure we'll see his name crop up. But I think a lot of the players that we've mentioned there. They will be in contention for big moves, other than people like Tuchimeni, of course. Saka's been linked to Man City, but I don't think that Arsenal would let him go. I think they'd be absolutely ridiculous to let him go. Um, and obviously Bellingham, well publicised that loads of people want him and, and he'll be on the move, I think, in the next two transfer windows um, at least. But yeah, I, I don't disagree. I think uh, Gadaval for me. Yeah, definitely something we can we can uh, agree on, uh, on on that one. Um, and I mean, in the end, for me, when you get a game like that, um, football was the winner. That's what people tune in to see. It's the biggest game in the world. And it felt like for once, rather, they can often be slightly disappointed in World Cup finals and a bit sour, sour and, you know, tactical and a bit, you know, teams cancel each other out. That the, the fear of losing outweighs the desire to win, which is always disappointing. But that was a proper game. And I've got to say, what a re- again, given the, the location and the bullshit timing, which I still disagree with in terms of Qatar, one of the best, if not the best, I mean, definitely the best World Cup final, but what a great World Cup as well. Some fucking great games, some upsets, you know, it, it had everything. And for me, ultimately, football as well as Messi was a winner. Yeah, I didn't think we'd be ending this um, special set of episodes of the Tapping Cup series on a, a Soccer AM slash Jimmy Bullard quote, but, you know, there we go. Um, and in four years, we get to do it again. And obviously, in four years, football's coming home. So. It's always a positive, isn't it? I admire your enthusiasm. <laughs> I haven't beat it out of you yet. That that is not going to happen, mate. But it is. I, I, we, we go live again. in hope. We, we we go again. We live in hope. I look forward to that next four years. And oh, I'll be honest, they've been a bit shorter. They, you know, again, you're. I'm going to blame you again. This is your your, your holiday cut short. Maybe the number that we were going to do, but been a thoroughly enjoyable little extra podcast that we've done chatting about this and concentrating on just the football and the World Cup we've seen. It'd have been a lot better I'll be honest if England had won it um, I feel like I'd have ended this a lot happier but yeah uh, as I say, four years time and obviously in four years time we'll be European champions as well and uh, Gareth Southgate will be heralded as one of the greatest England managers of all time or I could wake and up. And I'll be a fucking billionaire <laughs> in space watching the World Cup from there is how confident I am of your prediction there but I hope you're right. I can't deny again. I'm, I'm English to the core. That's what I want to see. I just sadly don't think in my lifetime I will see us be world champions. Well, in four years' time, when we're still doing this podcast, of course, and when it's taken off and uh, it's one of the most famous ones in the world, we can discuss it again. But thanks and for I always. I know it's completely <laughs> out of character for me to be a miserable cunt <laughs> and a, a pessimist. It's 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 very unlike me. But I hope you're right. And um, yeah, it's been an enjoyable few weeks and a, a very good World Cup. It has indeed. And uh, as always, thanks very much for listening and we'll speak to you later this week. 